The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Infinite Campus. Predictive power for our entire customer base is crucial. The way that Infinite Campus has designed its underlying database allows that statistical estimation to quite simply be more accurate. And so the statistical processes are able to look at the correlations of the underlying data. Hello, and welcome to Transforming K-12 Education, an Infinite Campus podcast. I'm your host, Peter Snell. Infinite Campus is a student information system used by 2,000 school districts across 45 states, supporting a total of 8 million students. This podcast explores our corporate mission by diving into our customers' stories and experiences of how they are transforming K-12 for their students, staff, and communities. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series where we explore the topic of dropout prediction. Schools across the United States suffer from low on-time graduation rates. Targeted interventions help at-risk students meet graduation requirements in a timely manner, but identifying these students takes time and practice. Warning signs are often context-specific and reflected in a combination of attendance, social, and academic signals scattered across data sources. Of course, extremely high caseloads for counselors only makes matters worse. How are counselors able to effectively monitor and analyze student data and provide support to their students all at once? At Infinite Campus, we put a considerable amount of time and effort into building a statistical model that calculates risk scores by utilizing the data stored within our student information system. To maintain data privacy, this model uses de-identified student records from across the country over multiple decades. As a result, we have the highest proven predictive quality when it comes to identifying students that are at risk of graduating on time. At this time, I'd like to introduce our internal expert, Head of Learning Science, Dan Jarrett. The concept of early warning is not new. I mean, for, for several decades, we've, as a, an industry and as an education community, have had this idea of look at data, figure out if there are signals of students who are not on pace to graduate on time, uh, and, then, and then act on it. We as a, a whole community have been refining what's the best way to do that, to get the right help to the right kids at the right time. The previous technological solutions to it uh, had been generally calculate some sort of report and bring out data that we believe will link to outcomes that we want to avoid later on. Uh, and so what customers had been doing is they had been saying, well, here are the parts of the product that they believe are correlated with longer term outcomes. And they're going to pull that data out into a spreadsheet and then have the local community, uh, usually some sort of counselor led or teacher led working group, look at the data and make a decision of here are the students who they believe should be put into some sort of large group or small group or individual intervention. Mm -hmm. uh, states use it for funding. They, they look at that from a much larger scale and decide what schools to fund with an at-risk funding uh, formula that's usually in state law. 
So the pain points we heard from them tended to be around, let's make sure that the right data is being pulled, let's make sure that the report is generating on time, that the query is performant, things like that. And that was what Kentucky Department of Education came to us with mm. in, in 2015. What they had done was they had put weights on those uh, on those data that, that came out to say things like uh, a certain data value is worth one risk point and another data value is worth two risk points and then you add up all the risk points and they use the the students with the highest risk points get the intervention first and we wondered is that true like to what extent do those risk points actually predict the student outcomes that they care about and can it be improved and we found that, in fact, it could be improved, that there were some uh, better weights that you could give those data values, and that the combination of things mattered. It wasn't necessarily just additive, but you could combine it in a little bit more nuanced ways. Sure, yeah. If you do that, the predictive power gets better. And we went through a lot of conversations with Kentucky about this, because it was <laughs> a, a large, large change in that architecture. Yeah, I can only imagine. You had mentioned earlier that Kentucky had this model before early warning where they had to find their own weights based on different categories uh, categories of data. You know, and, and, and Kentucky's not alone. We've seen that in other states as well, that they have very similar models. How do states typically come up with those, the, the weighting system? How do they determine, you know, X number of absences might mean that the student is at risk? What's usually done with some sort of data analysis themselves. In in the literature, right, by which I mean the academic literature, researchers have done that style of work before. Usually states are picking up on those sorts of things from existing research. So for instance, some of the most famous research is done in the Philadelphia School District and the Chicago School District. Okay. Well, which, which is fine. If your student populations look like Philly or Chicago, great. You might be able to use their research and it'll apply directly to your population. But most places don't. In fact, we found that the tuning to the individual needs was far more predictive. You know, we're starting to see other student information systems adopt early warning tooling within their within their systems. How is our solution in Infinite Campus, our early warning product, different than the rest? Well, we are very happy that, that other systems are bringing early warning in. I, I think that automated early warning systems with a st statistical background are the future. That's the best practice. Yeah. The reason why our system is better is a, a number of things. Predictive power for our entire customer base is crucial. The way that Infinite Campus has designed its underlying database allows that statistical estimation to quite simply be more accurate. And so the statistical processes are able to look at the correlations of the underlying data, like churn in household attendance or, or household membership or address. Like we had a question of, uh, based on the research, if students move their home addresses in the middle of the school year, as opposed to during the summer, is that going to add risk to them? Like all of this um, mm. churn, churn in the household or churn in school enrollment or things like that. Infinite Campus's database does, in fact, allow that calculation to be done fairly simply. Our early warning system was our first tool to utilize machine learning technology. Over the next several years, how do you see machine learning being used maybe in other areas of the system? The needs that we're hearing from people are very action-based. Like, okay, I made a prediction, now what? Like, what right. action or what intervention is the right thing to do for the student? Counselors have 
giant caseloads. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is common for hundreds of students to be in a school counselor's caseload. And in many of our districts who are rural districts, there might be one counselor for the entire school district. So we're working with researchers to think through what are the best ways to instrument our system to support policy and action analysis, not just the, the context uh, analysis. We are also wondering what particular curriculum item which is going to be best for a group of students or a class or an individual student maybe at a particular time. I mean, this is called adaptive instruction and teachers do it all the time. They pull students out, they do individual work assignments, they do small groups. And so we are talking with teachers now and talking with the research community now about to what extent should campus learning, our LMS, support automated machine learning based help for teachers to individualize education. Yeah, that's great. And that gets me excited. I'm a former teacher. I taught at the elementary level. And you do, you differentiate on the fly. And you hope that this new instruction that you're presenting to this student is going to click. But to have a tool that says, for this particular student, based on how they performed on you know, this assignment, that assignment, or this assessment, this is the, the intervention opportunity that you should you should be working on with this student. I want the listeners to understand that no one, not a person, not a computer is ever going to be able to, to look at a student and say, this is exactly what's going on in this kid's life. There's always going to be human components to this. What the system is designed to do is to provide an ordering of a student population in a way where counselors can say, okay, here are 10 students that I want to meet with this week. Or at the individual level, if you have a student in front of you or a family in front of you, to have a signpost to say, there's a sprawling student record in Infinite Campus. Where should I go if I have a limited amount of time with a kid in front of me and I need to go to some place in the SIS? Yeah. Where do I where do I click? <laughs> like, what's the most important module to use in these few minutes available? Yeah. And and another so the good way to think about the early warning system here is an automated summarization of the student record in a way that is with the summarization is with respect to likelihood of graduating on time. We summarize it in just a few numbers so that a, a person can quickly glance at the numbers, say, ah, I need to look at the attendance record first because it's got the, the lowest that is the most risky value. Uh, and it seems like the, the behavior record is no problem. It's a time saver uh, and it, it makes sure that, that um, that potential problems that are in the data don't fall through the cracks. Join us next time for part two of our two-part series on dropout prediction, where we'll hear how Kentucky districts are identifying and supporting students that are at risk of dropping out. And so you have the data hidden somewhere in the computer system. That tells you about the child, but if you don't have a way to pull it out and really look at it, you may, may miss a kid and miss supporting a kid and ultimately end up hurting a kid. The early warning tool became a tool that, that helped us to close those gaps. That's next time on Transforming K-12 Education. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're tuning in from. If you are an Infinite Campus customer and want to continue the conversation, 
Join us on the moderated forums in the campus community. If you want to learn more about Infinite Campus in our student information system, go to www.infinitecampus.com. There you can register for an overview demonstration of Infinite Campus. Again, my name is Peter Snell. Thanks so much for listening to Transforming K-12 Education.